Hey guys, welcome back to I Love This Shit. So sorry for the delay on the episode. Took a little break after doing the interview with Keelan. Uh, life, work, all that good stuff kind of got in the way and, you know, just kind of set me back a little bit. And um, this is going to be just, you know, a, a regular type episode for today. <clears throat> I do have um, other interviews in the works. I uh, just got to get everybody's schedule in order and things of that nature. I do have some pretty good guests on the list, which I really hope you guys are looking forward to. More on that later. Don't want to say too much in case things don't pan out the way I would like them to or as soon as I'd like them to. But hey, you know, it's going to be some good stuff. I really hope you guys are going to enjoy it. And I really hope you guys are going to enjoy this episode. So let's get to it. Alright guys, so today I'm going to be giving you my horror novel recommendations. This is also kind of like a top five list, although these aren't necessarily my top five horror novels. Uh, A couple of these are my favorite novels of all time, but they had to be included on this list just because they're so awesome. They're all awesome, that's why I'm recommending them to you guys. And they're in no particular order. I didn't want to order them because this isn't uh, a list necessarily. Uh, It's just, again, my recommendations. I just kind of went and looked at my bookshelf and wrote down the ones I wanted to talk to you guys about. And I'm going to read the little Amazon descriptions for the books for those of you that may not know what they're about. I don't want to... uh, butcher or give away too much of the description so that's why I want to go based off of what they gave you so that way again I'm not spoiling anything not leaving anything out so uh the first book that I came across on my shelf that I want to talk to you guys about which I talked about on the last episode with our guest Keelan Patrick Burke and that is his book Ken now I had it described to me as I told him as a semi-sequel of sorts to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a, you know, if you those of you who have seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, know how it ends, and it's kind of a, well, what happens when that last girl, the final girl, gets home? What happens then? Because like Keelan said, there's no way in hell she's going to be in her right mind anytime soon, if ever or at all. And that's you know that immediately turned me onto it and I wanted to know what this how this book was going to be so here's how amazon describes the book on a scorching hot summer day in elkwood alabama claire lambert staggers naked wounded and half blind away from the scene of an atrocity she is the sole survivor of a nightmare that claimed her friends and even as she prays for rescue the killers a family of cannibalistic lunatics are closing in A soldier suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder returns from Iraq to the news that his brother is among the murdered in Oakwood. In snowbound Detroit, a waitress trapped in an abusive relationship gets an unexpected visit that will lead to bloodshed and send her back on the road to a past she has spent years trying to outrun. And Claire, the only survivor of the Oakwood massacre, 
haunted by her dead friends, dreams of vengeance, and a dream which will be realized as grief and rage turn good people into cold-blooded murderers and force alliances among strangers. It's time to return to Elkwood. In the spirit of such iconic horror classics as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Deliverance, Ken begins at the end and studies the possible aftermath for the survivors of such traumas upon their return to the real world. The guilt, the grief, the thirst for revenge, and sets them on an unthinkable journey back into the heart of darkness. That is actually a perfect damn description. Sets it up perfectly. You know exactly what you're in for. And it's such an emotional journey. It's very brutal, very violent, but the violence is warranted. It's not showy or over the top. It's it's de- it's definitely earned because the that family is just insane some of the craziest characters i've ever come across in books or movies anything they're definitely a very memorable family kind of reminds me of the firefly family from house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects they're kind of along that line definitely like the family from texas chainsaw massacre as well and guys the characters are so well written they're very richly developed have great background and character growth to them so it's it's very interesting and heartbreaking to see where the characters go for their revenge and all that it's 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 very good highly highly recommend this book guys if you are fans of you know 70s 80s horror movies those grindhouse b movies but like the really good b movies you guys definitely need to check this out it's so good and again Thank you to Keelan for being on. You guys really loved it. I really loved it. I got to have him back again if he wants to. I don't know, though. We'll see. So the next book I pulled off my shelf to talk to you guys about is a book called Little Heaven by Nick Cutter. It was probably my favorite book of last year, possibly. Again, I always say my favorite non-King book of the year and this was probably my favorite non-King book of the year. Nick Cutter is uh, a pseudonym for another author, his real name being Craig Davidson, which unfortunately I have yet to read anything by him. I do have a book by his by him called Cataract City that is comes highly recommended from a bunch of people. And he also has a new book coming out uh, in a couple months called The Saturday Night Ghost Club. Awesome title. Not Nick Cutter, Craig Davidson. Uh, I highly recommend Little Heaven. This was my first Nick Cutter novel, but I would recommend you guys starting at the beginning of his bibliography. Uh, his very first book was called The Acolyte, which I I wasn't a huge fan of. It was probably my least favorite of all his novels. Uh, but The Deep is his second novel, and that is my second favorite novel by him. That was one of the best horror novels I've ever read. I could talk about that one, but I want to talk about Little Heaven instead. Uh, His third novel was called The Troop. That's very big around Bookstagram. For those of you who don't know, uh, it's almost like Lord of the Flies gone horror movie style. But moving on to Little Heaven, this is what Amazon has to say about it. A trio of mismatched mercenaries. Micah Chagru, Minerva Atwater, and Ebenezer Elkins, colloquially known as the Englishman, is hired by young Ellen Belhaven for a deceptively simple task, 
check in on her nephew, who may have been taken against his will to a remote New Mexico backwoods settlement called Little Heaven, where a clandestine religious cult holds sway. But shortly after they arrive, things turn ominous. There are stirrings in the woods and over the treetops, and above all else, the brooding shape of a monolith known as the Black Rock casts its terrible pow. Paranoia and distrust soon grip the settlement. Escape routes are gradually cut off as events spiral toward madness. Hell, or the closest thing to it, invades little heaven. All present here are now forced to take a stand and fight back, but whatever has cast its dark eye on little heaven is marshalling its power, and it wants them all. Now, that definitely does set it up really well. I originally got this book from the Nocturnal Readers Box, which if you guys don't know who they are by now, definitely look them up on their website, on their Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you can find them. I would highly recommend you guys subscribing to them because you get amazing books like this every month. And I initially only read the prologue just to see how it was going to be. And then next thing I know, three days later, I'm finishing the book. The prologue pulls you right in and you get so hooked on it. It, it does a little bit of time jumping. You start off in the present and go back to the past for a little bit. And then you jump back to the present again. It's It goes back and forth like that. And they weave so well together. Nick Cutter did a great job at, at weaving the timelines together to come to the come to the conclusion that doesn't intersect but they do they do it does reach a point where you can see why they why he did it this way it's a very scary book guys it's got some of the creepiest images i've ever read in a book very bloody very very gory if if you know nick cutter you know he loves his gore and and body horror he loves to dismember and mangle his characters animals anything nothing is safe trees and plants aren't safe man they they get fucked up too it's it's really awesome though definitely get little heaven if you have not it's oh far and away one of my favorite novels of all time so next up on this recommendation list is a book called the wicked by james newman and so far it is probably the best horror novel I've read this year or halfway through the year. There isn't very many books I'm looking forward to horror wise the rest of the year. So this might take the cake as being my favorite horror novel of the year. So far it might be pretty close to being my favorite novel of the year. And here's what Amazon, how they describe it. After a fire consumes the Heller home for children, the residents of Morganville, North Carolina thought they knew evil. They were wrong. Unaware of the turmoil in their new hometown, the Littles, David, Kate, and seven-year-old Becca are moving from New York City to Morganville in hopes of repairing their own lives, which were recently shattered by an act of sexual violence. Before long, David realizes that his family's troubles are worse than he could ever have imagined. An ancient demon lurks beneath the town of Morganville, an unholy creature conjured into existence by the Heller home tragedy. Its name is Moloch. It is hungry for the souls of the townspeople, but most of all, Moloch wants the children. It will not rest until it has them. All of them. And that's, in a nutshell, already scary. Anything having to do with kids, whether it's creepy kids being the villains or kids being pursued by the villains, it just, that already tells you anything goes. And 
anything does go in this novel because it goes places I have never read, seen, heard of in books, in a story, anything. This created such scary images and gave me chills. For the most part, I've never read a book where I had to close the book and recollect myself and then continue on reading. This did this to me virtually every chapter of the damn book. So many parts just gave me the heebie-jeebies. I was looking over my shoulder. It was one of those things where you can be reading it and just somebody opening a door will damn near make you scream. I had that more than a few occasions reading this. I've given it high praise on Bookstagram since I read it back in, I believe, January or February. An instant five-star read. Just, I already want to reread it, and it's only been a few months. Uh, luckily, it's a it's a fairly short book, less than 400 pages, 300 and some change. But I, I, I really want to talk about it so much more, but I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. You just have to read it. Go find James Newman on Instagram, Twitter, and read The Wicked and tell him how much you loved it because I know you will. If you're a horror fan, it will quickly, quickly become one of your favorites. And our second to last recommendation on here is actually my favorite book of all time. It took over the number one spot from I Am Legend, which is also another horror novel that I can highly, highly recommend. Such a short read, 170 some odd pages, vastly superior to the movie, although the movie wasn't that bad, but comparatively it was terrible. Because if you guys have only seen the movie and don't really know the differences from the novel of it, it's they're not whatever the hell they were in the movie. Those were like mutant humans or some such shit. I don't really know what they were, but in the book, they are vampires. They are living, breathing, talking vampires. And one of the best things they cut out from the of the book to the movie was these vampires know where the main character lives. They go to his house and taunt him every night trying to get him to come out because they know he's possibly the last human on Earth. He's definitely you know, the last human in New York where it's set. And they just, they cut a lot out. You know, they definitely took creative liberties with the story, that's for sure. But compared to the original movie, The Omega Man, which they were like a cult. They weren't even vampires or mutants. They were just a weird face-painted, hooded-robed cult. So check out I Am Legend. That's just a little uh, honorable mention there. But my favorite novel of all time and my second to last recommendation is Nosferatu by Joe Hill. And if you've been living under a rock, you should know that uh, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. He didn't want to be associated with his dad in terms of trying to gain popularity. He wanted to do it all on his own. So he just used his first and last name, although his, I'm sorry, his first and middle name, uh, although his middle name is Hillstrom, he shortened it to Hill. Joe Hill, it's a great pen name. He did a, he did a good job. And, you know, people quickly found out who he was. So it didn't last uh, as long as he might have liked. It was going to come out sooner or later, much like his dad's pseudonym, Richard Bachman did. People found out about it after a book or two. But this is what Amazon describes Nosferatu as. Victoria McQueen has a secret gift for finding things. A misplaced bracelet, a missing photograph, 
answers to unanswerable questions. On her really tough burner bike, she makes her way to a rickety covered bridge that within moments takes her wherever she needs to go, whether it's across Massachusetts or across the country. Charles Talent Manx has a way with children. He likes to take them for rides in his 1938 Rolls-Royce Wraith with the Nosferatu vanity plate, NOS4A2. With his old car, he can slip right out of the everyday world and onto the hidden roads that transport them to an astonishing and terrifying playground of amusements he calls Christmasland. Then, one day, Vic goes looking for trouble and finds Manx. That was a lifetime ago. Now Vic, the only kid to ever escape Manx's unmitigated evil, is all grown up and desperate to forget. But Charlie Manx has never stopped thinking about Victoria McQueen. He's on the road again, and he's picked up a new passenger, Vic's own son. Now, they honestly have given quite a bit away, not necessarily away, but they've told you almost, I want to say almost half the book already, because that description is about half the book. But it's a very intense, scary, and fun ride the entire time, no pun intended, because his ride is a ride to hell, basically. It just blew me away with how much imagination it has in it. Joe Hill, if you've ever read Joe Hill, you know that his imagination is unlimited. He goes places you would never think of, and he does them so well. And with ease, man, it's it's definitely unlike anybody I've ever read it's obviously my favorite book from him. It's my favorite book in general. I could spend an entire episode devoted to this book, which I might actually do for those of you that are interested. If you are, let me know some way, shape or form, Instagram, email, whatever. Let me know if you guys would like to hear me talk about that at length, because I can definitely do that, obviously. So I don't want to say too much about that one other than what I've already said. Because you guys need to experience that for yourself because that's what it is, an experience. It's an epic, it's almost 800 pages, I believe, maybe, no, it's almost 700 pages. It's a little little under 700 pages and not a slow page, slow sentence among all of them. You, You start off high with the opening chapter and it just keeps going until a very very satisfying conclusion i am so so excited amc is picking this up for a 10 episode series straight to series no you know film a pilot and we'll see if we like it it's we're giving you all the money to do the entire series all 10 episodes right now and you know after the the success of the terror series that amc did let's hope that they can do this book justice as well because I haven't finished the terror yet. I'm about halfway through the season and I really like it. Couldn't really get through the book. If you know me and Dan Simmons, we just, we don't get along for whatever reason. So I really hope AMC does a good job with Nosferatu. All right. So we have come to the last book that I can recommend to you guys right now. This is just kind of like a horror novel starter kit let's just call it that and you might be wondering oh horror how come you haven't talked about Stephen King yet well I tried to pick one book of his because I can talk about so many of them obviously Uh, but I decided to go with my favorite non-Dark Tower novel of his and probably one of the scariest books I've ever read and it should be no 
question about it, although a lot of people will say it's not Pet Cemetery for me, but a lot of people will say that that is his scariest novel. I don't necessarily think it's his scariest novel, but it's definitely his most brutal, man. It's it's very hard-hitting in terms of subject matter, uh, emotionally. A lot of people also say his scariest novel is The Shining, which I do like The Shining. I actually like Dr. Sleep better. I'm in the minority on that one. Uh, I did find some parts in that very scary, but not his scariest novel. To me, his scariest novel is my favorite novel by him, and that is It. Obviously. Because I always post about it. You guys know that by now. And I'm not even going to describe to you what It is about, because you should know. How have you... Why are you listening to this if you are not a horror novel fan? If you know horror novels, you know It. You know Stephen King. But just to talk a little bit about why I like it, it's just, we all we all know King is very good at writing characters, and with the Losers Club, you really get to know them to the point where you close the book, and you almost want to go call those characters, because you know them. You know them, and you've hung out with people like this. You You care so much for these characters that you definitely feel like you've gone on a journey with them over the course of these thousand plus pages. It's a huge, thick novel, but you don't care. Some books, they're epic and you have fun with them, but by the time you're done, you're like, man, I'm glad I finally got through that because it was such a huge book. This one, I could have easily read a thousand more pages and still loved every bit of it. It definitely has some of the scariest scenes I've ever read in a book. King said he was inspired by this, by the movie monsters and uh, just monsters in general of his time growing up that influenced him to write some of its incantations in this. And, you know, he, he uses them very effectively. One is like the creature from the Black Lagoon. One is the I was a teenage werewolf, just things like that, amongst other things that I won't spoil. But... He uses them all very effectively. They're all very scary. And even though this book is long and scary and emotionally wrecking, you nonetheless have so much fun reading it. If you guys have ever seen the original miniseries, you know, it it, it brings back so much nostalgia. Even though I wasn't a kid in the 50s, I wasn't even anywhere near being around in the 50s my parents weren't around in the 50s so but nonetheless you get this you just get such nostalgia because it takes you back to your childhood and the innocence of childhood and then he throws in this unspeakable monster in it to wreck their lives and not only that the adults in this novel are shit man they are they are terrible not the losers club as adults but when the the section of the losers club being kids all the adults are terrible, man. They are just not good people. They don't help in any way whatsoever. I get it was a different time. It's the 50s, but still. The, the parents, everybody in this are just the worst, man. They are oblivious to everything. But then again, maybe that's because, you know, supposedly it has been around for generations of, amongst generations. And they're just, you know, trying to turn a blind eye to it. But they're the worst, seriously. But nonetheless, it is such a great book. I've already read it twice. I'm already itching to read it for a third time, but it almost takes me a month to read a thousand plus pages. 
So we'll see. Maybe I'll get to it again soon. Maybe have a, a giant read along on Bookstagram, which, speaking of which, tomorrow, Sunday, July 1st, I am hosting the Journey to the Territories read along. We're all going to read The Talisman by Stephen King and Peter Straub, one of my favorite Stephen King novels of all time. It's in my top five, if not my top three. It's going to be so much fun, guys. The last one I did was Nosferatu in December of 2017. Great turnout. I had so many people join that one. I was overwhelmed with with how many people joined. It was so much fun to talk about my favorite book of all time. Now we're going to talk about another one of my favorite books of all time. Maybe soon I'll do a novel I haven't read before, so that way it'll be new to me as well as everybody else. So we'll see. I urge you guys to join. You know where to find me on Instagram to join. I love this pod. Also, I'm on Twitter now, sort of, kind of. Uh, that is I love I love this pod one. Somebody out there has I love this pod, and they don't even tweet or use their page or anything, so screw that person. And yeah, I really hope you guys can join. I really hope you guys love this episode. It's a shorter one, but hey, you know, I just wanted to talk to you guys about a few books that I love, which is why I'm here. So hope you guys read them. If you do, let me know what you think. Hope you guys will join the read along. If not, hop on the next one or the next one. I don't care. Let's, you know, let's talk books, guys. That's that's why we're all here. So I thank you so much for listening. You guys have a great weekend. I hope to talk to you guys soon on any platform. I love this pod on Instagram, also on Facebook now if you guys are into that thing. I love this pod at gmail.com. Send me suggestions, comments, whatever. I love you guys. You are awesome. Can't wait to talk to you guys. Have a great weekend. Love it or shut it.